This is N64 Life with myself, Cliff Foster, a.k.a. the amazing Cliff, on the old Twitter, your guide through the world's greatest computer game console of all time, the Nintendo 64. Ah, another bloody delay to a podcast. (laughs) I tell you what, I wish, I wish we could just go one bloody episode without there being a delay. I apologise as I've said before, work has to come first. Work has to come first. And in this COVID world that we currently live in, I tell you what, it's just a bit... You just don't see it coming. You don't, do you? You just don't see these problems coming. I had two days off, back to back, uh, to record, uh, write, edit, all of that jazz. I had two days blocked off. Right, this is when I'm going to get in the studio to record this. And then last week happened and I worked six days straight. I was like, no, no. Oh, so it's fun, but we're here. We're here. It's finally here. But back to the battle of the Jinjos today. Um, but before we do normal check-in. So if you aren't already involved, Twitch, obviously N64 Live podcast on the old Twitch. We are so close to that 200 mark now. We are 33 followers away on the old Twitch account until I have to play superman 64 in its entirety and you can claim on that chat points and there's loads of bits and pieces you can claim now as well as the return of the lilac wars slash of star fox 64 uh, death run because i have completed it but i bought it back as well as a new computer game challenge and that computer game challenge is on this game Yes, GoldenEye. And I have to complete GoldenEye within one hour on Agent. Now, that might sound easy because I'm not choosing uh, a secret agent or double O agent, but it's on Agent and I cannot lose a life and I have to complete it within one hour. I have not tried it yet. And uh, <laughs> I'm a bit scared too because I'm thinking, uh, crap, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm gonna get to like jungle or somewhere like that, or Natalia's gonna die, and then it's gonna throw me completely off, and I'm gonna fail a mission. I can see me getting rather frustrated with this, but you can claim for that now. Um, so come and join the lovely Twitch community we have. Also, we do have a Discord as well. Uh, Look in the show notes. Uh, It is there. So if you want to come and join us on the old Discord, then please do. But today's show... Actually, no, before we do that, because you can actually claim to get a shout out. Oh, almost forgot about it. Almost forgot about it. And people have claimed a shout out several times, some of you. Um, I don't know why. Uh, So today's shout outs go to... Immorpha, Sean, Matty Boo, Pink Lithium, and Ava, and Ava, that's really important, uh, Misha, 
Black Widow. And a really big shout out. This is like the biggest shout out I can give because this person didn't contact me via the old Twitch or anything like that. I got an email from this person. And that is Maxwell Van Scott, who is an American living in Australia who listens to the podcast, which is incredible that someone is listening to my dopey voice all the way in Australia. <laughs> Still baffles me. So thank you very much. He gave me some really good feedback and uh, he gave me some advice. And ironically, after so we, i think it was the um oh i can't remember what episode it was now oh that's gonna annoy me but one of the episodes um i couldn't find out the exact selling numbers of a specific game and he then directed me to the n64 anthology which was really ironic because i thought at that point i went oh i really need that because that gives me all the breakdowns in there so great minds think alike max great minds think alike so thank you very much for your feedback really happy to have you on board and it's lovely to receive a gmail that wasn't somewhere trying to promote me monetizing my bloody account or telling me uh, how many twitch followers uh, viewers i had for the last twitch episode so thank you so so much it was lovely to have an email through um but let's go into this it's another battle for jinjos <laughs> We're back. We're back to the battle for Jinjo. It's been a few weeks away. And we're going to see these two games battling it off. Earthworm Jim 3D. Oh, I've got a lot to say. And it will be battling off against this game. Ray Man 2, The Great Escape. Oh, oh, saucy. And we've got another battle for Jinjos in the next episode as well. So stick around to the bitter end and find out because the, the next one is going to be juicy. Oh, it's going to be hella juicy. I think it's going to get some, some people's lips are waggling. But here we go. Earthworm Jim 3D versus Ray Man 2. Let's do this so here we go and you know what some of you might already know the rules of a battle for Jinjos. some of you this might be your first ever time or some of you may have forgotten because we've had a lot of specials uh, in between these two the last this one and the last one so it is judged on five categories. Those five Jinjos, because you could collect five Jinjos in every level in Banjo-Kazooie. Um, and these five Jinjos represent, first one, storyline. Second one, gameplay. Next one is sound and graphics. The one afterwards is the critics' scores, uh, scores taken by IGN and reviews, as well as the most important and by jinjo we had a lot of you on for this one and that is the twitter poll so thank you so much for all of those that got involved so whoever wins this wins it and they win something <laughs> i don't quite know somebody did ask me a couple of weeks ago what happens to the winners um i have taken note of all the winners we may well be 
battling winner versus winner later on. We got loads of years of this. Fine, we've got loads of content to create. <laughs> so let's go on to it. Earthworm Jim released in America on October the 28th, 1999, and in December 1999 in Europe. Um, no Japanese release. Now, this game went through a bit of development hell. De like, it would be good to really have a deep dive on this. I don't think it's as bad as Body Harvest, but this game took pretty much three years to come to fruition and was thrown around from development company to developer to developer. And it was, yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> we'll go into this, but there may well be a reason it is like it is. There's going to be, yeah, total reason of why Earthworm Jim 3D is, is like this. We're not going to say too much because we'll come and visit that as we go. Um, because a developer, so as I said, published by Rockstar Games in the US, uh, Interplay in Europe, um, and developed by Viz Entertainment. Uh, Viz Entertainment, uh, so, or Viz Interactive, as it was created by Chris van der uh, Kerl curl we'll say curl and uh, peter bailey um formerly of dma design um and they they created this company back in 1996 um yeah off the back of dma's success with other franchises um chris would later be known for setting up a company called 4j studios which actually funny enough developed minecraft for all of the gaming consoles. So he did go on to bigger and better things, which is pretty easy, uh, pretty cool. Um, Peter, on the other hand, just seemed to be connected to any gay licensed game there was. <laughs> like the list of licensed games, Evil Dead, uh, Tom and Jerry, Powerpuff Girls, obviously Earthworm Jim. Um, he, he didn't go on to his bigger, better things as, let's say, uh, Chris did. But no, Peter was very much one of those that would pick up licenses. Now, obviously, Earthworm Jim itself. Earthworm Jim, uh, originally, the original coming out in 1994. Earthworm Jim t uh, 2 coming out in 1995 was a huge commercial as well as a cultural hit, I would say. Um, adding that during the 16-bit era, we know that platformers were 10 to a dozen. You know, you, you had Disney, you had the likes of uh, Rare, as we've discussed before on uh, the SNES. You had Sonics, you had the Marios, you had every cool spots you you had you know advertisements coming off left, right, and center. And in fact, Earthworm Jim is. A lesser-known advertisement, because if you wanted to learn a bit more about this, go and become a Patreon at Under Consultation. They've done a whole episode on uh, Earthworm Jim, uh, the TV show, and go into a real dig deep, deep dive on this. But Earthworm Jim was set up as originally a game to promote a toy line. Now, that rarely happens. You're looking at toy lines come off the back of games, but this was used to promote that toy line, which is pretty cool, I think, anyway. Um, to be that way around, um, but I, I, it's undoubtedly the first two were huge commercial successes as well as cultural, because, I mean, so many people, you, you talk to so many people about Earthworm Jim, 
and they remember those 2D platformer games. Um, and there's a real nostalgia to it. But this was Jim's first ever outing into the 3D world. And as I said, this went through a little bit of development hell. It was passed around. Um, no one really knew what the game was going to be because every time a demo or a, you know, a demo or any form of uh, cartridge sent out to reviewers to go and review it or to take stills from it for their magazines, it changed so often. It changed so, so often to the point of that no one really knew what the game was going to be when it came out. Um, it, it came out, this game, obviously, F1 Jim 3D, uh, it was meant to come out for the PlayStation as well, but that was cancelled and it was given an N64 and a PC launch. Now, that means that this was technically a console exclusive, excluding the PC market. This is a console exclusive to this game. And the N64, as we know, was platformer central. With the likes of, you had Banjo and obviously Super, uh, Super Mario 64 really breaking a lot of ground uh, in those first couple of years. Now, Earthworm Jim, as I said, was meant to be quite an early addition to the N64. However, it didn't quite make it because of that development hell it went through. And um, D uh, Doug Tenapole... Um, the creator of uh, Earthworm Jim and David Perry, not that David Perry, David Perry, not Dave Perry, uh, the programmer, uh, were not involved with the game. In fact, Doug was involved uh, in a consultation sort of element at the beginning, but was taken off quite quickly and really did not like the game. Now, they, they might have not reappeared, but one man did. Because... There was a little TV show associated to Earthworm Jim. And that was voiced by the one, the only, Dan Castellaneta. Now, Obviously, I, 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 if if you are one of the only people that did not know who Dan Castanelletta is, you know him by this voice. My game, my game. I could have beat the boy, Marge. How could you? I was so close. Homer Simpson, Homer Simpson. But he also did the voice of Jim in the cartoon as you know he's a very well-known voice actor i'm not really going to go too much into him you know who he is um but he actually repressed the role even though the tv show had finished three years before this for the game which is awesome seeing as i said it was it's not like it was he wasn't like the get the tv show was still going that's three years afterwards three years afterwards I don't know if they were expecting maybe a uh, <laughs> resurgence in Earthworm Jim after this. Uh, we'll soon find out if there was. Um, but no, it was really good to see his voice into the game. Um, but let's go into the very unique storyline of Earthworm Jim 3D. 
So, Jim has been hit by a flying cow that sends him into a coma. Jim awakens within his own subconscious, a world created by a psyche, a psyche of his own, his four brains. Because worms have four brains, which actually really cleverly fall out, and discovers he has gone insane. Jim's past villains have entered his subconscious, and if something doesn't happen soon, Jim will be in a coma forever. His super ego has been unleashed within his subconscious to stop the madness. To restore his sanity, he must find the golden udders of lucidity. Lucidity? We're going for lucidity. Uh, guided by the uh, sacred cow of contemplation. Uh, and snot, his little, his little mate, his little pet. He's like, yeah, his little pet snot thing uh when jim enters his subconscious he finds out that his four mind chambers have been taken over by his worst fears he must collect golden udders to unlock the other three chambers and the green marbles to unlock the level within the chamber jim defeats four villains who took over his mind and finally faces the personification of his trauma Earthworm Kim. So it's, it's like a female version of Jim, basically. Okay. Um, and at the end of the game, after defeating Earthworm Kim, Peter Puppy. Yay, Peter Puppy! He's the, the best character in Earthworm Jim. Directs Jim to follow him out of his mind when all of a sudden a large fridge falls and lands on Jim. And the words, the end, can be seen on the fridge. The game ends with three snapshots of Jim in bed. The first one shows him getting up from his coma. The second shows a cow falling from the sky and over Jim. And the last one shows Jim being crushed by the cow. Uh, possibly repeating the process over and over again and ending the game. Wow. I mean, for storyline, that's really well thought out. I mean... The storyline to this is really, really clever. And it's really, really unique. Um, because you've got reoccurring characters, and we'll, we'll come on to the gameplay in a second, but we've got some reoccurring characters from that expanded Earthworm Jim uh, universe. You've got Bob the Killer Goldfish. You've got Evil the Cat. Uh, you've got a new character in Fatty Roswell. You've got Peter the Puppy! Peter the puppy who gets slightly annoyed and turns into a massive were dog. We call it a were dog. Uh, you've got Professor Monkey for a head. Uh, you've got Psycho. Uh, you've got Snot, which is a little pet. And then, as I said, you've got the uh, the personification of his madness. His uh, new character called Earthworm Kim, who's the final boss. Now, as I said, storyline. We'll start with that. That's a pretty strong start. The thing of, you know, being actually in Jim's subconscious, revisiting his memories um, to the hub worlds, which we'll go into in a minute, which was very, very clever. To the point of that worms have four brains and there's four levels. That, well done. Bravo. That's really well thought out. Well done. Oh, my God. There's no... There's no record scratch or anything. That is a really clever individual storyline. I I thought when I first started this game, it was off to a good start. 
off to a very good start. Obviously, we've got the problems of that there's no real videos uh, in those transitions. It's snapshots. It comes down to cart again, doesn't it? Um, I imagine if the... I, I don't know if in the PC version you get full videos. Maybe I should have researched that. But I'd imagine you would have in the PlayStation version. But it, it very, very well thought out. A good start for Earthworm Jim 3D. Well done. Congratulations. But let's go on to a bit of Rayman 2. The Great Escape. So, Rayman 2 released in North America on October 31st, 1999. And two days before that, on October 29th, 1999, it was released in Europe. Published, no Japanese release again, no Japanese release. Uh, published by Ubisoft and developed by Ubisoft's uh, Montpellier uh, de uh, development uh, studios. Uh, Rayman first uh, venture again into 3D, but this... Unlike Earthworm Jim 3D, is not a sequel. This does not uh, come off the back of the original Rayman game. This is a completely different world, a completely different universe altogether. Because obviously Rayman, 1995's Rayman, was a huge success. Um, like the European artwork in it, it was, it was lords by... A lot of platform uh, game fans as being a very, very, very good game. And in fact, had its home originally on the Jaguar 64. So, guess what, Ash? It came out for the Jag... Anyway, sorry, under consultation joke. Um, but no, so it, it came out for... Uh, obviously Rayman was a huge huge success a huge huge success but with Rayman 2 they decided to I think flesh it out a bit because they they added new characters to the world um a completely different world altogether um it was it was a bold step because originally it was going to be a 2D platformer um and then in 1997 after the success of a lot of 3D platformers um such as Mario such as Bad they decided no let's switch it to 3d and that was a huge gamble because unlike let's say a mario or a sonic um they, they, it wasn't that it was a long-standing uh franchise and actually if, if you're looking at it some games did not make that jump across the 3D as well. So Sonic really didn't have a good game until the Dreamcast on 3D. I, I think that is... I think that's universally agreed that Sonic Adventure was the first good Sonic 3D game. So it is that element of that it isn't easy to take a franchise that people love and hop it across. And I still, th I, we'll go into your comments in a minute, but there were some comments on exactly that. I preferred the 2D version, which is nothing wrong. You know, I prefer the 2D Sonics. Um, I love the Sonic Adventure games, but any other Sonic 3D game, I'm not into. And the same, as I would say, for Mario. The best Mario was, in my opinion, um, Super Mario World. I know, I know. The guy who does an N64 podcast is saying that Super Mario World was the better one. Uh, without destroying the battle for Jinjos, we might have an our year anniversary. 
So it got its release on several consoles. Like it came out obviously on PC, um, but it came out for the PS1 and PS2 as well as the Dreamcast. Um, and it was an instant lauded success. Success. I mean. If you take a very, as I said, a fresh franchise, it only had one game prior to this, completely change it up, completely change it to 3D, it's not an easy thing. And you've really got to flesh out that storyline. So, let's go on to Rayman 2's storyline. So, let's set the scene. On a dark and stormy light night, Lee the fairy reaches out to Rayman for help. The world is in trouble. Admiral Razorbeard and his pirate army have taken over most of the world and enslaved its inhabitants. Unfortunately, Rayman has been captured and put aboard the pirate ship Buccaneer. So it's really cool. It starts off not that you're going on a rescue mission. You've got a... It's a prison break. Ooh, it's a good way to start a game. Uh, his friend Glowbox, who's one of the best characters in this game, has, is thrown into a room with him. And shortly after, Rayman remarks to his old friend that he feels weak and that this may may be the end. Luckily, Glowbox has given him a silver lum because you need stuff to collect. Because there's a thousand of these ruddy lum pieces that you have to collect. But he gets given his first one, a silver one. Uh, which was given to Glowbox by Lee the Fairy, uh, which in turn gives uh, he gives to Rayman. Uh, it rejuvenates him, and uh, together they bust out of the ship. So this the whole thing is that Rayman's lost all his powers, and he's got to get his powers back. And his first one is firing his fists. Yeah, fists. Um, uh, yeah, so we, obviously Rayman gets his powers back as you go through this game because it was the style at the time as we'll go through it in uh, gameplay after a long trip down rayman lands in the woods of light uh, one of the few places the pirates have not infiltrated glowbox is nowhere to be found but rayman does come into contact with lurphy who provides him with guidance he also finds the teenies, the teensies, the teensies, the teensies. We're going with teensies, who show him the way to the hall of the hall of doors. Uh, once there, Rayman travels to the fairy glades, where he saves a weakened Lee, the fairy, from the pirates. He learns how dire the situation is. The pirates hold sway in most of all corners of the world Razorbeard has also split the heart of the world into a thousand lums i've told you collecting it's a platformer and scattered them throughout to set things right rayman needs to find the four masks of power the only <laughs> only by having the four masks can he summon polonicus the creator of the world who will then be able to destroy the pirates once and for all as soon as rayman gets his information he is off Along the way, he will counter much resistance, many challenges, and the pirate captain bent on the destruction of the, his world. No problem for a hero without limbs. Well, that, that, I, I like it. Um, it very much follows most platforming games. 
baddie takeover world you must save bad uh save world i did as i said i did really enjoy it that you started off being captured i thought that was a really really clever way of doing it and the explanation of why you have to learn these moves and it's not the case of uh well you've got to learn them um because it, as i said other one gym's the same as well it is obviously very much the style of the time that you have to learn everything from scratch so characters characters uh you've got as i said this is a completely new world and only one person has or well two characters you've got rayman himself but you've also got Bizit, uh who's the mosquito friends that rayman has they are literally the only two characters from the original game that have come across to this so you've got Admiral Razorbeard, also known as the Maleficent Razorbeard. Uh, obviously your main protagonist uh, in this game. You've got Carmen the Well, a friend uh, of Rayman, who's trapped in an electrical cage. Once freed, she gives you air to help you swim deeper. Yeah, again, learning the moves as we go. You've got Clark. Uh, Clark is a giant in every sense. Strong, uh, yet a bit oafish. He has the strength. He has strength to aid uh, Rayman in his adventures. So he, yeah, he comes in to give you a bit of a helping hand at times. You got Glowbox. Glowbox uh, is a species of glutes, obviously. Uh, didn't you know? And is a psychic to Rayman. First appearing in Rayman 2. Uh, so as I said, he's completely new to this game. Uh, engaging jokes, and that—that's the major thing. He is that comic relief, and he does. He appears quite heavily in the Rayman games from this. Uh, you've got Lee the Fairy. Lee the Fairy is a character. Uh, so Lee the Fairy is created by Plonicus and helps Rayman on his adventures. So she's very much the uh, she's the one that's helping guide you through it. And you've got Murphy, um, who's he's your lovely smiley guide for this tour. Uh, he uh, gives clues and gives you a helping hand at parts. You've got Plonicus. Uh, who, as I said, he's the big hat-wearing god, because all gods need a big hat. And, yeah, he's the one that's going to save everybody. Yes. Um, You've got uh, Sam. Sam, who's a big snake that helps you along the way. And then you've got one other baddie that's sort of the second antagonist uh, to this, which is the guardian of the cave of bad dreams, um, who's who's also got a big hat. In fact, the same big hat as Plumonicus. They've just, everyone needs a big hat. Why, why is there not more big hats in games? <laughs> we need big hats. So, um, now, so let's go on to who wins the storyline, Jinjo. Now, I do like Rayman 2's storyline. It's very, you know, it follows a good structure. It follows a very basic structure of bad versus evil, uh, evil taking over, no hope, um, and then gaining your hope throughout the game that you can defeat it. Um, however, Earthworm Jim is so unique. Earthworm Jim 3D storyline of actually the internal battle of Jim. Like, uh, you know it. You know how much I love Majora's Mask. All of you have heard Z the mini history of Zelda part two. You know how much I love a dark game. Now, even though Earthworm Jim is that quirky, amazing mess, there is still an element that this is quite dark into the subconscious and 
I love it. I think it's just such a good storyline. So the first Jinjo goes to Earthworm Jim. 3D! <laughs> um, so, let's see if Jim can keep this up in gameplay. Spoilers. Probably not. So the first Jinjo goes to Earthworm Jim, but now we're into gameplay. The second of the Jinjos. Let's start off with Jim himself in the lead. Let's start off with him because it, it's that still that weird and wackiness that you get from uh, the two original Earthworm Jims. But it, it's completely different because obviously this is switching... Uh, to a 3D platformer. And 3D platformers, if you look at them fundamentally, are very much different to a 2D platformer. It, there's less platforming in 3... There is. There's, it's, they're more adventure games, I would always think, uh, the 3D platformers. Um, because, yeah, the, the whole point is is that you jump to platforms. And th there is a bit of that in 3D platformers, I get it, but it's, it's still not the classic element of what a platformer is. And we will go on to, there's two games that we'll be facing off in a future battle for Jinjos. Quite soon, actually. It's not far, far away. And um, we can have a bit more of a discussion about the differences and what my preference is sometimes. You know, because I think I love both, but I do, I do like a classic 2D platformer. I've got to admit, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, so, as we've already discussed, Jim must collect... Because it's a collectathon. It's a 3D platformer. <laughs> um, you must collect the golden udders from the different parts of Jim's mind. Uh, if not, he will remain insane forever. Also, as I said, it is a bit of a collectathon. So guess what else you have to collect? You have to collect Jim's marbles. No joke. It's actually the point of you have to collect Jim's marbles to make him sane again. So you have to collect these, uh, eat, I think there's about 100 in each level. I, for some strange reason, I haven't looked into this. But you've got four unique levels to go and do this in. And each of the levels has a real different feel to it. Farmyard, sort of a uh, Wild West. Um, I mean, every level has its unique feel, which is great. So you've got memory, you've got happiness, you've got fear, you've got fantasy. In these levels as well, you get unique guns. So in the farmyards, you, you get an egg launcher. In the Wild West, you get you get like a Magnum revolver. You know, so it's it's lovely that you've got these sort of very unique weapons to go alongside these. Now, one big gripe. We're starting with the gripes. This is where you love it. I, I seem to get a lot of feedback. You love it when I have a rant. This is where the uniqueness goes because at the end of each of these levels, you face off against the bosses. And each of these bosses are very similar. And in fact, it's very Diddy Kong-esque. Because you, you sort of jump on the stomach of this pig. And then you're zooming around this level. And you have to shoot the boss. And the boss is hovering there as well. There's nothing unique. That, I suppose they get harder as the game goes on. But there's nothing unique to these bosses. It gets a bit repetitive. And it, it's a bit Diddy Kong racing, actually done poorly <laughs> i you can't i don't think it's a fair comparison to say 
Diddy Kong's bosses are the same as these because Diddy Kong's bosses, yeah, they, they follow the same structure, but it's a racing game. That's it. It's fundamentally a racing game and they are unique enough to be equally annoying because everyone knows my annoyance with those bosses. They, they are equally annoying, but they're, they're still fun. This is repetitive and it's bloody boring and it destroys in my opinion that uniqueness to each of these levels now let's go on to the positives again after that little rant <laughs> and that is the hub world so the hub world is almost like jim's head and it's got some really nice touches obviously you can access all four of these levels from that hub world when you gain more and more of the uh, golden udders but it's to the point of you can look through Jim's eyes and you can see like Peter Putter, Peter Puppy looking over you with this sense of like, uh, it's, it's complete concern for his mate led on the bed, which I thought was a lovely little touch to this hub world. I really enjoyed the hub world. I thought it was a very clever idea. Yet again, the whole storyline, you cannot fault. It is very well thought out. So the actual gameplay itself, so it's, it's standard 3D platforming, a bit of puzzle solving. Obviously, as I said, it's a collectathon because that was the style of the time that you, you had to collect all of Jim's marbles. Um, you had to collect the others um, and then you had to learn bits and pieces as you go through the game. But they, it keeps some of those classic elements from Earthworm Jim as well. So you keep his plasma blaster um which uh yeah he's obviously he got with the suit he's got his helicopter head he's got his striding run that's almost vince mcmahon-esque you know as he's jottering around the uh, map he, he still keeps those classic elements um also due to the setting it keeps the madness of the baddies so obviously as i said the main bosses there's a bit of a gripe there but the boss the baddies in each level are just a bit bonkers if that's hedgehogs if that's grannies if that i mean like there's that element of being an earthworm gym game it keeps that bonkersness and and to be honest we, we come to the controller we come to that n64 controller again and the controllers is pretty tight however this suffers from something that it shouldn't Three years on after Super Mario 64, no game should have camera issues now. No game. I, 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 if it's 1999, towards the latter part of the N64's lifespan, if we're talking that the camera's getting stuck in certain positions, that's not good enough. In my opinion, it's not good enough. And Earthworm Jim, the camera can get stuck in awkward positions. It can be quite frustrating. Even though those controls are quite tight, I, I would say there's nothing wrong with the controls as such. But the camera can be an annoyance. To the point of that I did have to take about five minutes away at one point when the camera got stuck in a position, um, as well as other bits that I'll go through in a minute uh, when we come to sound and graphics. But I don't think that for a game of 1999 on this console we should be sitting these problems so we come to rayman 2 and cleverly ubisoft used this engine on another game tonic trouble they used it on tonic trouble and they they almost did it as a practice run so when rayman 2 came out it was polished and it and it worked i mean it absolutely worked because 
yeah, again, it's a traditional platform over 45 levels. Um, it, it, it's just got a lovely flow to it between the levels as well. Um, and they're really vast. What I like about this is it is a platformer. But the levels seem really fast that you feel like you're you're on an adventure. It's not that basis of, right, go through this door, go through this door, go through this door, what you see with Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim is guiding you to a position with a couple of off areas. Like, there's only a couple of off areas. Rayman 2 feels like you're on an adventure. You're on an adventure to, you know, and that's exciting when you're playing a game. That, that's what keeps it fresh because there's so much like little exploration and and the puzzles are really interesting as well i i mean like the puzzle parts are quite unique i would say um and it, it, you've got that element again of you know going through and learning your bits and bobs and your your abilities as the game progresses but we come on to the boss battles now the boss battles aren't particularly they're not the most challenging but they're entertaining so dk64 we will come on to dk64 another time obviously it will be coming up but one of the things that i like about dk64 is those boss battles and this is how it feels it feels like the boss battles are challenging yet entertaining yet i don't know they have a certain feel to them which is one <laughs> if not many parts of uh, Donkey Kong 64 that I enjoy, but the boss battles were always some kind of joy. And as somebody that was picking up this game for the first time, I, I feel that it's it, it did have that entertainment when we got the, when you get to those boss battles. Um, you have also some unique little side quests in there as well, which is quite nice. Um, y you're not bombarded with enemies either. I, I think that's always nice for a platformer that, you, you know, you're not absolutely bombarded. They're cleverly put into the game or cleverly in a position that is like, oh, God, i got to get to you. Um, there's not that element that we've heard from Jim. You, you sort of just get, they just throw as many on the screen as possible sometimes, um, which isn't bad. It's not a bad thing as such, but for how I like a bit of platforming gameplay, don't try and bombard me try and think a bit more clever and i don't want to feel in the position that i'm constantly looking for health i want to be in a position that i'm trying to conserve my health kind of trying to conserve my powers and bits and pieces like that i think that's if you're going to do that make it a shooter which arguably earthworm jim is a bit of a shooter but you know what i mean um and also with the gameplay as well it's got some lovely little cutscenes. now these cutscenes are sort of they're, they're done in a way that is very, like, rare-esque, uh, where it's a gibberish language. Um, it's, like, this very gibberishy language uh, all throughout. And uh, But they, they cut down these... And they, they cut down the gameplay, but at the same time, it, they, they emphasise that storyline. It's a nice break away from the gameplay. It keeps the flow of the game. I think that's the major thing with this. There isn't a hub world. It just keeps a lovely flow of this game. And it feels like you, you're not being directed to a certain point. I just... I I think that this is such an unsung hero of this console. 
Like, it's really hard to put into words why this is so good. But the gameplay is addictive. It's one of those games that you will have to at least put three hours aside to start to finish. So, I'm sure you may have figured by how I was very much singing the gameplay's praises. But the winner for the Jinjo for gameplay is Rayman 2. And, you know, these two games came out the same Christmas. But let's have a look how graphically and in the sound that they were very, very different games. So, it's one all. One all, ladies and gents. We've only got a couple to go. And in fact, yours is still being voted for as we speak. And to add a bit of jeopardy into this, just don't cheat. Don't go and have a look on Twitter to see how it finished. Because guess what? I made the poll go on too long. Uh, so it may well change by the end of this recording. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going from what the poll says at the time. But at the moment, there's only one vote in between these two games. There's only one vote. So this is vital for whomever wins this. And it comes down to graphics and sound. So let's start with Earthworm Jim. So you've got these quirky cartoon worlds and it, it keeps that with the animations, with the textures, with the colors palette that's used. Um, but it's a bit of a shame that this game did not take advantage of the uh, expansion pack. Now, it was in that it was at the time that the expansion pack was being heavily used by games. One of these games used it, one of them didn't. Lo and behold, Earthworm Jim didn't. And the textures themselves are very pixelated, extremely pixelated. But then it does make up for it in the way of it being a, quite a cartoony game. Um, and it, th the problem that I have with how it looks is the lack of polish. And I, I've seen, you know, I, I go and do lots and lots and lots and lots. After, after my own opinion, I go and uh, look into what other people think. And one of those people that I do heavily uh, ex uh, appreciate their opinion is a guy called Glenn Plant. Now, if you haven't seen his YouTube videos, please make sure you go and check them out. I always go and have a look to see what Glenn thought of these games as well. Um, and also, sometimes it triggers a memory of uh, something that I've missed or um, sometimes something that I don't agree on. And this time, it was what I don't agree on. And he was saying about the sound, the music, the sound effects, that they, they feel in place. But I actually thought the opposite. Now, those who are part of the Discord channel will know that... I had an evening uh, playing both of these games and I've been playing them more regularly as uh, we came up to the actual battle for Jinjos as well. And I made a comment that I had to switch this game off. I had a bit of a headache and the music is repetitive in my opinion. Um, it goes, it loops um, to the point of that it's quite frustrating, which is funny because you've got looping bed music underneath me, which is quite entertaining. And me saying it is, is looping. Um, but it's, it's got a certain 
twang to it that it really I did not like it. I did not like it. Um, it just wasn't for me. I, 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 it just the sound effects even as well, and the the little cheers from Jim and the the noises the hedgehogs made to the noises that other baddies make during this. I, I just. Yeah, it's on a cart. We we get it. There's lack of, you know, sound that you can have on there. But it, it became annoying and frustrating. Like, the same noises over and over and over again. It is definitely one of those games that if I had played it back in the day, I would have had it on silent with Mark and Lardon in the background. 100% or episode of The Goon Show. I wouldn't have listened to this. I would have just played it. I would have just played it in the background. Obviously, as I said, um, it's nice that Dan's come back to represent the role. Um, but it would have been nicer. You you only had really three voice actors in there. Um, it would have been nice to have a few more wordy bits because it, it does it does have a humour to it. Um, obviously, it's an Earthworm Jim game. So there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek, a lot of innuendo. And I think that it falls fairly flat, actually, because you're reading it. Um, and I know other games do this very well. Like, Ban- Banjo is the master of it um, by saying something funny in the typo and uh, the type, but actually making it feel like it's being said with noises. Um, this falls very, very flat. It, it, it's not, it's not clever, and you can see that the original uh, creators of the this character weren't as involved with it. I can see why the Earthworm Jim community say that this is not part of that world or they don't really consider it part of that world and i get that because it hasn't and it, it hasn't got that same feel it hasn't got that same humor which is a shame because we look at let's say it compared to rayman and wow i mean i'm gonna say this now this is one of the most beautiful platformers for this console this is one of the most beautiful. With or without the expansion pack, I did test it out in low, medium, and high resolution. I mean, it's really good, and it gets no slowdown either, because that's, you know, if you're looking at Rayman 2 compared to, let's say, other games that use the expansion pack, sometimes you had a bit of slowdown. I, I had no slowdown on high res. It looked stunning. It looked beautiful, and sometimes games, when I'm putting them across that to a HD TV, can look a bit weathered and aged. This looks stunning, and I mean it. It looks really, really good. Um, one thing it doesn't have, which Earthworm Jim did, was camera issues as well. Um, so I've got to add that in last time. And if I'm looking at it, and uh, this comes from Glenn Plant actually, I'll give him a shout for that. He said that it feels like a Nintendo or Rare licensed game. And it does. It does completely feel like a Rare uh, or Nintendo licensed game. It just, it's entertaining. But the the sound in it as well, the, the sound's not over the top. Um, you've sort of got these drum tribal beats to each level, but it suits the game. Like with Banjo, Banjo obviously has a style. And as you know, that I, I may well have been 
heavily influenced uh, behind my options for the theme tune of this podcast of choosing that sort of that rare feel um, to the main theme tune and main bed music. This has such a feel to it. It's it's really nice. It's really good. In fact, I might well t- be turning around to Chris and seeing if he can create me something because of bed music that's based around Rayman 2. Because it, it's got such a lovely, unique feel to it. Um, and as I said before, I think the gibberish in them as well that they're speaking adds character as well. It adds, I don't know, it's just such a lovable game. And the sound, the graphics make it seem so polished like so so polished it's just it's a world away of what we're looking at for um uh what we're seeing on earthworm gym 2 sorry earthworm gym 3d it's such a world away and fair enough ubisoft kept this all internally it wasn't being thrown around to development company to development company to development company to development company it wasn't didn't go on that journey but this is so so polished i mean i could sit here for flipping hours and talk about this it's such a beautiful game and for that the winner for sounds and graphics goes to ray man 2 oh, i got i could literally sit here i mean go and play it go and watch videos on it i mean it looks lovely like, it looks lovely. We're not even talking about the PS2 version. Forget that world. We're just N64 here. That N64 version is such a lovely game. Such a lovely game. In the gameplay, the sound, the graphics. I mean, it, those three things for me hold this game as one of the best platformers for it. I mean that. I'm not taking it away from Earthworm Jim. If you want to go, if you've completed everything, go and play Earthworm Jim. It's it's a very different feel to it. But at the same time, Rayman 2 stands out. So it is 2-1 to Rayman 2. Let's see if the critics agreed with me. So, as some of you are still voting, <laughs> it's still being voted on as we talk. Let's go into what IGN thought of both of these games. Now, let's go into how many units sold. We know on this podcast that if you don't get a Japanese release, you're looking at a lot less units sold. Because if you look at, let's say, a banjo. Uh, which is, you know, only a year prior this, um, it sold 3.65 million units, Banjo-Kazooie. 3.65 million units. These games are nowhere near. In fact, Earthworm Jim 3D only sold 120,000 units, which is not a huge amount. Seeing that this came out in the Christmas of uh, of 1999, this is not a huge amount of units and actually you know even though rayman 2 was only six uh, 640,000 you know that that's that's a hell of a lot more that's that's 
just under five times the amount of units that Earthworm Jim 2, uh, sorry, Earthworm Jim 3D sold. So what did IGN think of these games? So first of all, oh, Earthworm Jim 3D. I'm surprised by what the developer Diz, uh, sorry, Viz Interactive has ultimately accomplished with the 3D update to Earthworm Jim franchise. It wasn't so long ago that I pegged the game for Vaporware, so in other words, never coming out, and this one time that I'm very happy to be wrong. What do we really have here? A solid 3D platformer that plays good, looks good, and dishes out a, a good section of level characters and weapons to keep gamers happy and interested. With that said though, Earthworm Jim 3D isn't a groundbreaking platformer. It doesn't offer us anything we haven't seen before and it doesn't play better than say Banjo-Kazooie, nor is it prettier. More damaging than the, the more damaging more damaging than the fact that the game isn't going to be remembered as one of the N64's most innovative. Though it is flawed camera system, it's very frustrating to come to grips with this sucker, and only the most dedicated platform enthusiast will stick with it for any extended period of time. Still, if you're okay with the fact that Earthworm Jim 3D isn't a pioneering effort by Viz Interactive and you don't mind wrestling with the camera system now and again, the game definitely comes recommended. Bearing all drawbacks in mind, this is a solid update to the franchise. So, IGN, it, it's not damning. And I, you know what? I, I mean this. Earthworm Jim, yeah, as I said, I did get quite frustrated. I had to switch off one evening. But I have put sunk in six hours into it. It's not a game that I went, oh, no. Why have I decided to review this piece of shit? It wasn't like that. It was just... It, it, I think they've nailed it on the head. It's not groundbreaking. There's nothing really to it. It's just a bit bloody boring. And, uh, and it tries too hard to be Earthworm Jim. And in fact, they scored it. it it's, to be honest, not a terrible 7.3. And I agree with them. If you are a platform enthusiast, especially a 3D platform enthusiast, go and get it. It's worth it. But if you're not... If you're expecting Banjo-Kazooie here, don't. Don't. But what did they think of Rayman 2? So... If you love platformers, you must buy Rayman 2 The Great Escape. It, it's that simple. If you miserly enjoy platformers, you must buy the game. Here's why. It's a remarkable 3D platformer that delivers on all ends. Flawless control, huge stretching worlds, extremely clever puzzles, loads of variety. And it's all brought together with some of the very best graphics yet on the N Nintendo 64. This is a deep, rich platformer that must be experienced. Perhaps my biggest complaint, and it's not very significant at all, is its sometimes jittery camera system. When I write sometimes though, what I really mean is rarely. Also, N64's differing 
uh, filter is used uh, overused here. I don't know what he means by differing future, filter. I might have to look into that. But only the comic book store owner in The Simpsons is actually going to care about such a thing, as Rayman 2 looks stunning all of the time. Having played through Rayman 2 extensively, I have no problems recommending it wholeheartedly as one of my favourite games for the console. It's a brilliant platformer all around and is definitely worth every penny. Wow. What a review. And I've got to admit, when I put it in, I wanted to complete it. I still haven't, but I will. I'm, I'm, I think I'm saving it for a Twitch stream because it is so damn good. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. I mean, I can't. I can't really tell you say enough for this. I really can't. It is absolutely awesome. And the third Jinjo and the winner of the battle for Jinjos, even though we've got one more to go. We won't we won't do the fanfare yet. With a score of nine is Rayman 2. Nine out of 10 9 out of 10 and I can wholeheartedly agree with that why the flipping heck isn't this game mentioned enough in when we're talking about the great games for the N64 it should be it should be maybe it was because it was cross-platform I don't know but this game should wholeheartedly be in all of your collections if it isn't go and get it now so let's let's do the last total so let's get the totalizer out and see who won the last jinjo Oof, oof, literally just, I, I've just got to it. Now, you, it may say differently, but we are going, it is now 12.32 on Thursday, the 15th of uh, July, and I'm going by what it is telling me now, and wow, this is close. Firstly, 52 of you have voted for this. Thank you so much. One of the, Yet again, a huge amount of people voting for this. You are all bloody awesome. You. Yes, you. I, I see what you're doing. I see that. You, sh you shouldn't be sat in that position while we're listening to a podcast. But anyway, 52 of you. And I've had some great comments. So before we go on to uh, who's won, let's go through these comments. So first of all, Tweet M. Lee, Matthew Andrew Lee, has tweeted a picture of the hub world with poor Peter Puppy looking on fairly concerned behind Jim. And he said, Pete's face sums it up from a recent playthrough I had. Not a patch on the 2D Earthworm Jim games. Rayman 2 is a much better game out of the two. 
love that picture. <laughs> I have retweeted it, so go and check out the Twitter. Uh, then we got uh, PWR Blog, Pro Wrestling Reality. Uh, I enjoyed Earthworm Jim as a kid and remember seeing the N64 ads and bringing and and bring so excited to try it uh, in like 2000. I found it at a, Z- a seller's loose uh for 1999 bin uh they used they used to sell loose games in plastic shells oh god bless it and i remember thinking it was good as a kid but i remember it being hard as f it it isn't an easy game but no i love this i love that it's bringing back those sort of memories i love buying loose games oh Still do it now. Still do it now. And friend of the podcast, Simpson72. Uh, so retro as uh, he said, haven't played Earthworm Jim. And I doubt I will, as I can't stand the character. Rayman 2 is okay. Better than I thought it would be, but a step back on the 2D game. Yet again, we get a couple of these where people say that they have a preference over the 2D version. Um, and then we have STE, Stay for 2425, Stephen Cooper. Um, interesting that I started the franchise on 2, tried the original on PS1 and couldn't get into it. So yet again, it's a differing point of view of actually preferring the 3D version. Next, we have at EWJ, no context. Um, so out of context, Earthworm Jim. Hello! And he's got a picture of Earthworm Kim by the looks of it. Uh, Jim 3D is a mixed bag for me. I think the audio department is absolutely amazing, especially with this track. And he's put up a track uh, on the fantasy level. Um, Everything else, eh. The game has the plot of a soap opera. I don't think being a wrestling fan, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But again, it's it's very different to those OG Earthworm Jim games. I love the original Earthworm Jim games. I mean, they're brilliant. But this, I'll play it again. But I'm not going to rush back to it, I've got to admit. Uh, then we got Ben. Uh, so that's Booster Club uh, on Twitter. He says, Rayman 2 is just wonderful just wonderful and finally this that i get moments in this podcast as everyone's seen if you saw when glenn plant joined the twitch or like when i've appeared on cultaholic with tom campbell there's certain times where i'm like this one came completely out of the blue because one of my favourite podcasts the last six or seven years is the Attitude Era podcast. It goes into everything we loved about that era of WWF television. And the main guy, the main editor and chief of that, Kevin Mahan, literally messaged on this. That's brilliant. He follows me on Twitter. I didn't even click. Um, hi, 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 Kevin. Hi, uh, how are you, Kevin? You're right. Oh dear, I did mark out a little bit. Uh, he said, "Jim, Jim, sixty-four is an absolute curse mess." <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. Oh, that made me a day. It really did. But who won? Who won? Do you know what? Every single one of you, every single bloody one of you 
that uh, got involved with this. Thank you so much. I am going to do one last refresh. Please hold. Good thing I did as well, because there's one more vote that came in. <laughs> so, and it actually bolstered the winner. So, the winner of the last Jinjo. For your score, your vote, the most important out of the lot, is... With a score of 54% against a score of 46%, Earth... Worm Jim 3D. But the winner of this week's Battle for Jinjos with a score of three against two is Rayman 2 The Great Escape. Ah! Ah! Wow, that was a good. That was that's nice to come back to the battle for Jinjos. I really mean it. It's you know, it's a lot more relaxed. When I do a battle for Jinjos, it feels a lot more relaxed. Uh, it doesn't feel like when I'm doing the mini histories like fuck I've got to find out all this information. Um it's it's, it's so much of a nice, relaxed, more relaxed way of doing this. So thank you very much for coming back for another battle for Jinjos. But before we go. The next episode will be another battle for Jinjos. And I'm doing this a bit differently. Because I'm looking at franchises that never came out for the N64. But they could have had their replacement. So they had game. We we had games that tried to be those games. So first of all, we have a game that was sort of trying to be that uh, RPG that we were missing on the N64. It had a lot of hype. And Neil really loves this game. Neil, if you're listening, you really love this game. Because the first game is... It's only ruddy hybrid heaven. <laughs> It's hybrid heaven. Oh, you love this game. Um, <laughs> a game that I've completed in its entirety already. I completed it back in the day. Uh, we'll go into more of that into the next podcast, shall we? But it's going to be facing off a game that I was really looking forward to buying and then never got a release in the UK. But it was that game that was trying to compete against Lara Croft. And that game is... Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Now, this game has been slated before online. I am a fair man. I'm going to sink in at least six hours into this game. And I'm going to tell you which game is better. Will it be Hybrid Heaven? Will it be... Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. 
Let's find out together, shall we? I've got to get the old EverDrive out. You know, because no power release. Git. I was really looking forward to this game. But I'm quite happy that I get to actually go and play this game. Like, you know, you can't imagine. I was really disappointed when this game didn't come out. So it, it's one of those things doing this podcast. It gives me an opportunity to go back and play this game. Play a version that I can actually play rather than playing on a Project 64 uh, emulator on my computer. No, let's play this OG hardware. OG. Um, and if you want to come and see me play some OG hardware, remember every Friday, every Sunday, 10.30 till 11, we are on the old Twitch at N64 Life Podcast. Come and join us across there. Remember, if you aren't following, go and follow 33 followers away from hitting our target of 200. So I have to play Superman 64 in its entirety. Um, so come and give us a follow over there. If you aren't already part of the Twitter community, come and join us. Remember, you can go and vote for every battle for Jinjas we do over on the old Twitter at N64 Life Podcast. Instagram, some things happen on Instagram, not many. Uh, go and give that a follow, N64 Life Podcast, and a new social media account. And that's a bit of the ticket talkie. Yeah, I'm, I'm acting like I'm 16. Uh, TikTok, uh, if you want to come and follow my crazy little antics whenever I get a silly idea for a silly little videos, come and give that a follow. N64 Live Podcast. I keep everything similar. Facebook, there is an account on there. It's never used. So don't bother going following that because I decided not to do it because it's a pain in the ass keeping everything up together hence why instagram doesn't get the love that it should um so yeah and if you want to be like max and to get involved and come and you know tell me your feedback even if it's constructive at sorry n64 life podcast at gmail.com leave me a little email lovely to hear from you and if you want some real-time interaction then come and join the n64 life uh, discord channel links in the link tree on the old twitter come and join us across there uh, it's a lovely little quiet it's the quietest community because they're the communities that are mixed with other communities but at least you'll know and you'll be given the hints and the tips you, you'll be you'll be you'll be interacting and involving yourself in the decisions made for this debbie podcast for the streams And ladies and gentlemen, that's it for another podcast. Thank you so much. And I shall see you all very, very soon. characters, hundreds of new puzzles to solve, and 15 larger-than-life 3D levels. Earthworm Jim 3D. (laughs) Get in or get out.
This is Rayman. This is a man called Ray. Rayman is the star of the action-adventure game Rayman 2. Ray is not. Rayman can shoot, swim, swing, fly, and even water ski. Ray cannot. Rayman has friends and enemies in dozens of epic worlds. Ray has a sister in Florida. So, remember, it's Rayman, not Ray. Rayman 2 for Nintendo 64.